Welcome to the Woodland Heights Baptist Church Sunday Talks podcast. Sunday Talks is a weekly roundtable discussion about theological and cultural topics. For more information and show notes, visit whbcconway.org forward slash Sunday Talks. Here's your host, Pastor Larry White. Welcome to Sunday Talks. Tonight, uh, we are continuing this series on influencers. And tonight, we have somebody who goes way back in my life story of influencers back to when I was actually five years old. He became the pastor of Pickles Gap Baptist Church when I was a little boy, uh, Ken Jordan. And Ken was the one who, uh, as a eight-year-old, uh, uh, shared the gospel with me and I came to know Jesus Christ as my savior and so he has had a huge impact in my life and tonight you're going to get to hear some of his story and catch up with him and and we're going to talk about uh, what's exciting him and how he's continuing to pastor continue to minister uh, into the future and what what God's doing in his life so look forward to you uh, hearing more about him and uh, learning about how he's still making an influence brother Ken Welcome to Sunday Talks. I appreciate you coming in and uh, having this conversation. We're doing a series on people that have in, have influence. You've had a lot of influence on a whole lot of people over the years, but uh, the main reason I've got you here to be a part of this today is because you've been influencing my life and uh, for a long time. Uh, I think both of us have gotten old, though. But, uh, man, what a, what a privilege it's been for me to... Uh, to know you as I, I shared in the introduction that you became my pastor I think when I was five years old and uh, I came to know the Lord when I was eight and now I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn 54 this month and we still know each other and we're still in our right minds as far as we know and, so. and we hope so and uh, be able to share this but but uh, I, I love to I've asked everybody in this series to tell how they came to know Jesus and uh, I've heard your story before but uh, I'd love for you to tell the folks how you came to know Jesus. Well, when I was a little boy growing up on a farm in Mississippi, my dad, my mother went blind when I was five, but my dad was a devout Christian. He was involved in the Pentecostal church and he would take us to church with him. And I remember when I was about eight or nine years old, one night, preacher was talking about Jesus and dying on the cross and, and, and I don't know somehow that just gripped my heart and I started crying and then I made my way down to the front and that preacher I'll never forget it he was a great big man he held me up in his arms before that congregation and said unless you come as a little child mm. <laughs> you'll not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Mm. That night I gave my heart to the Lord. Mm. I believe he called me to preach that night. Wow. Yeah. But things changed in my family. We, we moved away and let's just put it this way. I got away from the Lord Yeah. yeah. up until I was, you know, I left home, was raised by an uncle. Things happened. Mm -hmm. and so I just I just got away yeah but I still went to church I still I'd read my Bible I was 
I was an average, you know, I, yeah. I, I attended church. You're, once you're in a, a church tender, yeah. Yeah. Then one night, uh, Bob Pittman, I don't know if you know Bob. Yeah, yeah. He was just a, he was just a teenage evangelist. And he came to our church and he was preaching. I was about 25 at the time. And we were standing there in the invitation and the man in front of me that I knew, but you know, not, he turned around and looked at me and he said, Ken, is God dealing with you about something? Mm. Well, now, you know, that, that'll mess you up. And I made my way to the altar and I said, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do, but I'm surrendering to whatever the Lord has for me to do. Yeah. Three weeks later, a man called me and said, I heard that you felt like God might be calling you to preach. He said, I'm supposed to preach at a little church up in uh, Amite, Louisiana. And he said, I can't go. And he said, would you go and preach? Well, I said, okay, I will. And I showed up that Sunday morning and there was eight people there. Yeah. <laughs> and I preached uh, probably about eight minute sermon. I don't know how long it lasted. And then they, they, they asked me to come back to following Sunday. So I came back to following Sunday. Well, the next Sunday, they asked me on Sunday night, said, would you take your family and go outside and wait a while? It's the first time I'd ever been asked to leave church. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I went outside and waited and I came back in and they said, we've just voted to call you as our pastor. Yeah. And I accepted. And I was their part-time pastor. I'm an old pipe fitter welder by trade. I would I would work out of construction all week long, and then, mm -hmm. but then, that burning and that 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 hunger to preach was there so bad mm -hmm. that I accepted a full-time church in uh, Tennessee and enrolled in Union University, and that's been uh, right at 50 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just retired a few years later. My first yeah. church was Friendship Baptist Church. Yeah. And I retired a few months, a few years ago yeah. from Friendship Baptist Church here. Yeah. Yeah. In Conway. So yeah. that's pretty much my call. I got away, but the Lord called me back. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always had had evangelism in my heart. So yes. I'll yeah. talk about that later. But yeah. That's where and we're at. You, and you mentioned Bob Pittman and and we, his his name intertwines in both of our in our stories because uh, you came up to uh, to Conway and to Little Rock to go to to go to Mid America when right. it was located in Little Rock and he was a student as well. Right. And you had him come out to Pickles Gap Baptist Church where you were pastor, and uh, that was the that revival was the week that I got saved. And Bob has always been, a, and he's actually done a revival here at this church. Uh, has always been dear to me. In fact, one of my favorite pictures uh, is a picture of Bob is a lot bigger than both of us. So he's standing in the middle, and you're on one side, and he's on the other. But you've been fathers in the ministry to me, and I, I appreciate that. But I'll never forget that when I. I sensed uh, the can you you preach the gospel. I mean, it was clear uh, the, it, to me, I, and I tell people this: those days at Pickles Gap for me as a little boy, I'm so glad that that was my experience as a child of what church was like. It was like every week people were coming to know the Lord. Every week, 
the, the church was full. Um, we were putting chairs out in the aisle. Uh, and fun, one of my favorite stories is is in between one, one Sunday and the next Sunday, we didn't we ran out of space, and you knocked out the the uh, uh, the wall in the in the balcony, and uh, my grandfather came and fixed it, so we'd have we'd had seats in the balcony that yeah. week. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> but it was such a great thing that was like it was it was happening so fast and so much so many good, great things were happening. People were coming, and there are people in this church that uh, were were saved during those days of revival that are that are, I mean, active. I mean, they're senior adult active contributing members of of this church that were were part of that. It was such an exciting time, and then then for me to to uh, the the most shy introverted child in in Pickles Gap Baptist Church had to have been uh since that call and then to to come forward and and you know you went over with me again what what I was doing and then but you you made a statement I don't do this to highlight for me but just it was an encouraging word and it stuck with me because it was so foreign as an eight-year-old of what I would have thought I would be doing that you said you know God's God's going to one day use this young man in the ministry and he's going to preach the gospel and and it always stuck with me I was like you know I've never said that to a eight-year-old boy and and I don't think you've said it uh but I appreciate that and I appreciate I believe that God led you to do that and that that was you I appreciate the fact that you you since God calling you to do that and you did it and it encouraged me and you've been an encouragement all these years of that I knew whenever I was dealing with something I could call Ken Jordan and uh and not only to call you but I could go watch you in fact I tell people this all the time young pastors hey you want to know how to be a good pastor here's Ken Jordan here's what he does every time he stands in the pulpit he preaches a solid message i've never seen you get up and just kind of off the cuff throw something out there i knew that you were prepared you, you did well you loved the people and you cared for the people you we mentioned before we started off that you know you, you visit the hospital since unfortunately we can't do that right now right but you you were out there with the people and so uh you know you didn't you weren't a publicity guy i mean you didn't market the church you didn't do a lot of things that guys think you got to do today but you love the people you preach the word you minister to them and uh, friendship became went from this little bitty you know small country church to the biggest church in our association and uh, i think if anybody could have found it it would have been a mega church but but it was hard to find so you know it was still it was still a huge church and today in fact we had this conversation the other day they are they are thriving and baptizing and, and and it's and it's to me it's that legacy that you helped start that's continuing on that some of those folks that were there and saved under your ministry now are carrying that on and so i just i'm, I'm just saying that i'm saying hey i, I noticed that and i appreciate that about you um uh, i want us to talk a little bit about evangelism um you know we've we've we see in this and in, in the southern baptist convention that uh churches are going you know some of them are going decades was seeing one in two people uh come to know christ being baptized and uh churches are shutting their doors because they're not seeing new people come to faith in christ and um what what's some of your thoughts on on and and, 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 and so i would say this too you spent some years as an evangelist i mean that, that's as a pastor you you've always been an evangelist anyway you, you were you were preaching the gospel you're sharing with people and but you actually were actually on the road doing some of that as well let me talk about that for a minute first of all let me say uh 
all this praise and stuff goes to our Lord. But, Absolutely. Uh, he's been so good. I, uh, I was pastoring First Baptist Church in Hamburg, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And I had watched these evangelists and they would come in and I would see things happen and it would excite me. And boy, it just got to into my heart. And I got to thinking, I want to be an evangelist. Hmm. And so one morning I was preaching on where Joshua, you remember when he couldn't cross the river until he put his feet in the water? Yeah. <laughs> well, I just stopped in the middle of my sermon. I said, folks, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me. I'm Joshua. Mm. and I got to put my feet in the water and I'm resigning this morning as your pastor and I'm going into full-time evangelism. I had one revival on the calendar. (laughs) My preacher friends had called me and said, you're out of your mind. You've got to have a committee behind you. You've got to have support. You've got to do this and that. I said, well, I'm going. So we loaded up a U-Haul truck and we moved here to Conway into some apartments back here. And revival started coming in. We did uh, 37 meetings that year, all the way from Oklahoma to Kenai, Alaska. We mm-hmm. we just, but at the end of that year, and I enjoyed it. I had a great time. I, I knew that I was a pastor. My heart. Mm-hmm. I'd leave a church, and I'd wonder, well, what's going to happen now? Yeah. I mean, what, yeah. What's going? Yeah. What, what are you going to do now? And so I I took a I took. I took another church. I think my first church after that was First Baptist Marlton. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I preached the same sermons in revival meetings that I would preach in the local church. Mm-hmm. And, and But people have the idea that evangelism and evangelistic sermon is, you know, uh, turn or burn, get right or get left, you're yeah. going to hell and all that. Yeah. That's not true. Evangelism is 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 getting a getting across that jesus is alive that jesus died on the cross and that's how we're saved i don't think i've ever closed a sermon out without using romans 10 9 and 10 Hmm. that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart Mm -hmm. that god has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved Hmm. and that next verse for with the heart man believes unto righteousness Hmm. And with the mouth, confession is made mm. unto salvation. Mm. If you'll confess that he's Lord, that he died, that he rose, mm. trust him, he'll save you and you yeah. go to heaven. Yeah. And to me, and I, and I don't care what sermon you preach on Sunday, whether you're preaching on, on, on tithing or whatever you're preaching, somewhere in there, there ought to be an invitation for people to come to know Christ yeah. Yeah. as Lord and Savior of their life. Yeah. And then we ought to, I think maybe this is where we, maybe even in my ministry that I failed some, we need, to, we need to train them then to go out and to share that message. Mm-hmm. Uh, my old pastor used to come by and pick me up after I surrendered to preach. He said, I'm going to show you what it's all about. He'd take me visiting with him. I mean, mm-hmm. we'd, he'd have a list of names and we'd go knock on doors, park mm-hmm. the car at the end of the road. Mm-hmm. We don't do that anymore. There's yeah. no such thing as, I mean, I know the pandemic is a good excuse now, but right. even before what we call the pandemic, there was, yeah. I, I saw a lot of that dying in the mm-hmm. church. It was no more, but you build a church 
when the people are excited about Jesus. Mm -hmm. I, you got to remember now, Larry, I'm, a, I'm, I'm old. It took me a long time to sing off the wall, you know. I, did, <laughs> I, I wanted to sing out the Heavenly Highway hymn book. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but, you know, now I, a lot of the lot of change has been good. I've enjoyed mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we cannot get away. We cannot get away from the simple message mm. that Jesus loves us, yeah. that God loves us. Yeah. He sent his son to die for our yeah. sins. Yeah. And if we'll trust him, he'll save us. Do you, do you believe that some, some, some people, you know, the Bible talks about evangelism. Do you believe that some people have a gift? Maybe they're more gifted in that than others? I do. I, 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 in fact, I read it in the scriptures. He, in Corinthians, he gives a list of gifts, and evangelism is one of them. Mm -hmm. And it's the simple message. Billy Graham, for example, I yeah, believe, yeah. Was, was a, you know, had the gift of evangelism. Yeah. Uh, he could preach as good as anybody, but he, every message, every message he preached had in there that right. that if you'll trust Jesus, he'll save you. Yes, yeah. and and so yeah, I believe that. Yeah. I believe there is. I believe there are those who are called to go. Yeah, from place to place. And, yeah, and and yeah. I believe I believe God gifted you with that as a pastor, as a local pastor, to do that. But I, I don't. I also think you'd agree. I don't think that excuses those who may not feel that gift. You, you can learn that. You can learn how to share your faith. You can learn how to share the gospel. Yes. And, and you, know, uh, I, you know, I learned from you that the uh, fact I told you this, and I, I, would, I would ask, first few times I asked your permission, then I just went ahead and did it. But the, uh, you had preached a message on the, the passage you just mentioned that your pastor, when you, when you were saved, lifted you up and said, let the little, you must come as a little child and right. let, the, let the little children come to me. You preached on the importance of the conversion of children. You've, you've preached that a number of times, I'm sure. And then I heard it. I heard you preach that, and I said, "Hey, would you mind if I preach? I'm going to preach basically the same message. I'm, I'll come up with my own illustrations." But every time I preach that, brother Ken, someone's come to faith in Christ. It's been. It's God has used that message. That it's. I think God's hand was upon that. It was anointed. But that that your gift of evangelism and my willingness to to use the the tools and resources has been has been helpful. And I, I think that's something that as Christians, I tell our church, "Hey." You know, I've given you an outline today. You go, you go home this week, and you you just share what I just shared with you to your friends and neighbors. That's how they can get saved. I mean, you, you don't have to you don't have to learn uh, a new formula or, or or a new presentation. I just gave you that, and you just tell them what the Lord's done for you. And I think that was one thing I've I've always watched with you, particularly at friendship, because that's where I watched you the most. Was that the thing that was most exciting there was changed lives. It's like there, there's no better advertisement than than a satisfied customer. And when somebody has said, "Hey, this is this is this is what's happened to me," they go tell somebody, and they they go tell their friends and their family, and they bring people with them. And and we're seeing that in our church right now. The the best thing that ever happens to church is new believers right and they come in and they know other people who don't know jesus and they they just get involved and they want to tell people and uh um you know i read this the other day that if just pastors would lead one person to christ if just pastors every pastor lead one person to christ we would double the number of baptisms in the southern baptist convention mm. But the problem is, is pastors, and I'm guilty as anybody else, we're busy doing a lot of other stuff that we think is important. You know, I, I could literally sit in the office 60 hours a week and do church stuff that, that, you know, I think is important. And 
more my church probably thinks is important than I do sometimes, but it's not maybe the the essentials of what what the gospel tells us we should be doing. And and so I, I think we've got to get back to that. I think we've got to make it a, a priority. And uh, I appreciate the fact that you never stopped that, and you still haven't stopped doing that as a, as an interim as a as a supply preacher. You keep doing that. In fact, that's if anybody's watching, they're looking for a a pastor, a supply <laughs> preacher. You're you're still available, and uh, uh, you still got the stuff. So, well, I appreciate that, but I, I think you're absolutely right. I think when I think there is an excitement when people when people see other people being saved. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that I miss is the old-time testimonial service. Yeah. Remember, used, people used yes. to stand up and say, this is where I was at, Yeah, and this is how I came to know the yeah. Lord, and this is what the Lord's doing in my life right now. Here's this fellow sitting there that's, that's he's a good fellow, but he's yeah. lost. He's never yeah. been saved, and he's, he's hearing this, and all of a sudden he says, that's what I need. Yeah, that's, yeah. So... If we could get away from the idea of evangelism as being, as I said in the beginning, this old stomp you in the ground, you yeah, don't, you don't yeah, burn in hell. Yeah. No, it's that Jesus died on the cross for you, and he loves you, and he's prepared a place for you. If you'll trust him, he'll save you. Yeah. yeah. And if we could get our people excited about that. Uh, I, 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 and, and I think the pastor... I think the pastor ought to lead. He ought to do his hospital business. He, mm-hmm. If that person is sick and, and he knows about it, he ought to be there. Yeah. If there's any yeah. way, he, ought, he ought to be there. But I'm going into churches now that they, there's so many programs, man. We, yeah. we, we, we're burying our pastors under, under stuff Yeah. Uh, that, that he doesn't have time to do anything. Yeah. But I, I think the environment of the church, mm-hmm. I, I think you could talk about it, how to build an evangelistic church and you build it out of caring people and people care about each other. Yeah, yeah. But we, uh, you know, one, th- one thing that's blessed us is with COVID is that we had to pull some stuff back and it's not coming back. We're, we're not going to do some of the things we used to do. And and uh, um, and I think we're thriving because of that so far. And, and I hope we don't, you know. Right, getting add, back to being a church. Yeah, yeah, and doing the things that are essential. One thing I appreciate about you is you're a few years older than I am. And, yeah, right. uh, you know, I, I see this sometimes with, and, and it happens in other professions, but, you know, I think once God calls you to preach and calls you to be a pastor, you never stop. That's, that's, that's in you. It's like, you know, Jeremiah said, you know, it's fire yeah. shut up in my bones. And I appreciate the fact that you hadn't stopped. I mean, I, I, I remember, I remember when you retired, you called me <laughs> a week or two, maybe it was a month, but you said, I don't know what to do with myself. I, I I'm called to preach. I need to I need to be doing this. I need to be out there. And you were you were near seventy then, I think. Uh oh, I was seventy three. Seventy three, okay. So you're you're seventy eight now. <laughs> yeah. And uh so so why hadn't you quit? What 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 keeps you going uh uh strong as you are? Because I just love it. He that's what he's called me to do and that's yeah. what I'm the happiest yeah. doing. Yeah. Now you're talking about with friendship, though. I I I followed some good men out there that uh, they they laid the groundwork. And, uh, I'm thinking of one redheaded. Uh, who was the guy that was there? Now we're going into old man mode for I, a minute. I, yeah, I'm in. I'm in because I don't remember. Well, we'll have to edit that out. But uh, I know who you're talking about. He passed away here yeah, not long yeah, ago. Yeah, we both do. Yeah. Somebody, somebody will 
plug that one in yeah. but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but, but, but I, I had i had some good i had and i had some good, i had some good men I, there was one man like his name was jim dick Mm-hmm. and he just passed away he just recently. passed away not long ago i yeah. guarantee you if i made a hospital call he had probably already been there before i got mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. yeah and if a bisher came to visit our church mm. and i went to visit with him nine times out of ten they'd tell me well there was a fellow by here by the name of jim dick the other day yeah yeah and, yeah and you can build a church like that absolutely absolutely when you people, know bible people, says spur one another on to good deeds and when you see right. another good deed doer you're encouraged by that absolutely. when you when you when you when you feel like that uh other people care you'll come back to that church yeah you'll, you'll yeah. come back people people will drive out of their way yeah. to go and be a part of that yeah but in in the in the evangelism i have seen a lot of church members come to know the lord yeah yes uh, they, they weren't being deceitful or anything but they had just never had they just joined yes that was, that's what you yeah. do you, you we got so many programs and stuff now i became a part of this program i became a part so i'm a part of it yeah uh i i've seen a couple of pastor's wives i've seen uh mm -hmm. i've seen deacons i've seen pat i've seen one pastor I've, yeah well, you know, I was preaching about this Sunday and on the passage in Luke where it says, Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And, 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 right. uh, that, and, and, and basically, you know, that, that nearly everybody in the church can answer that way. Well, he's, he's the Christ, and here's what he came to do. He came to die for us, and, and yet we don't see them denying themselves, take up their cross and following him. And, and, you know, you mentioned Billy Graham earlier. You know, he estimated that the majority of the church role is filled with people that are not true believers. Yeah, I think he said the largest field of evangelism is in the, in the local church. church. Yeah, and it's and we can't judge who that is, no. but we certainly need to be presenting the gospel, and we shouldn't assume. You know, the Bible says, "Examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith." And uh, um, I, I do think we need to, especially in the day that we're living in today, we really need to be hitting that again and saying hey did you did you just again like you just said did you just come through a program did you just s sign a card did you just you know was there was there a change in your life i mean uh i i think as as the church we'd be doing more we'd be differently we'd be acting differently right. if we were filled with true believers you know and so again and, and as a pastor i'm responsible for that as much as anybody else what t tell me tell, tell me something that as a your grandpa great grandpa i know besides them that that excites you a lot because i know you love to talk about them what what excites you in 2021 as you as you head into the future i'd just be excited to get there but uh yeah. i don't i don't know i i i, I do think and like here woodland heights and churches like this uh, are beginning to grow and they're beginning to see the need for not just programs mm -hmm. but ministering to people yeah reaching people and seeing people saved yeah yeah uh in this pandemic thing i've been studying the scriptures and there are those who are trying to tell us that we're we're in the 666 age and yeah. all that kind of, yeah hey the lord knew this a long time before we ever thought about it absolutely and, and right now we ought to be taking advantage of sharing the gospel and ministering to those who are hurting and those who are in need yeah yeah I, and i and i'm seeing more of this i'm hearing more of this of people reaching out to their neighbors and mm -hmm. visiting with each other and and sharing food sharing whatever yeah 
and maybe we have maybe we've got so caught up with being church that we hadn't been doing, doing church, church. Yeah. yeah so yeah yeah so i i think maybe there is some some signs that are and, and i and i i share that same hope brother ken you know as a, as a young man in the ministry early on i bought into every kind of idea and thought and i kind of went full circle and got out there and i tried every you know read the books and did all those things and now i think i'm in the i'm in the third quarter anyway of of ministry and i want to i'm i feel like i'm coming back around that's one reason i wanted you here because you were you were there with me in the first quarter and and uh kind of laid some groundwork for me and what what worked back then still works today and it's it's, it's going all the way back to the new testament days of what the right. church looked like and being genuine and being real and sharing the gospel and seeing life change there's nothing like life change there's nothing like somebody going from darkness to light what you experienced down in mississippi as a little boy and then to see that happen over and over again and uh when, when that's not happening in a church on a pretty regular basis we should put on sackcloth and ashes we should call for a a, a fast we that when i was a director of missions i would go into some of the places that you're going into now and i would say wait a minute let's stop everything we're doing don't have another program you haven't baptized anybody in a year you haven't seen anybody pray and confess christ stop it you've got we've got to come back to this and i think there needs to be an urgency about that and and uh um but i do rejoice with those and that's why i'm man i am when I saw Sean, in fact, I ran into a church member from Friendship the other day, and I, I was telling him about Sean Mills. I said, man, I'm so happy to see what's happening at Friendship. I rejoice with every church to see baptisms. I want to see people come to know Christ, and whether it's our church or another, uh, I'm all about that. And I appreciate the fact that uh, that's been your ministry. It's still yours, uh, and and I appreciate you. And I'm, I'm so glad you took time to do this with me today and, and uh, that we recorded this. We put this on uh, for our – this will be our legacy and our, our share in this. And I do give praise to God, but God used you in my life, and I appreciate your influence. Well, I, I appreciate you, and I appreciate I appreciate all my preacher board. I think a little old Will at uh, – Yeah, with, with Bono. Yeah. He's out at Bono just doing a great job yeah. out there. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I know there are a lot of things, and, and, and some things should change from the, you got to remember, I said I was old and I grew up with a bunch of stuff that, that should have never happened, you know, yeah. in churches. And, 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 and it'd, be a, it'd be a strange thing if, if things didn't change, with, but the thing we can't change is the gospel. Yeah, yeah. We cannot change the fact yeah. that Jesus died on a cross, yeah. was buried and rose. And by faith in him, we're saved. Yeah. We've got to get that message across. And I want to close with this, Brother Ken. I believe this, and I and I probably heard you say this before. I'm convinced this. I share this not every Sunday, but, but not even every month. But I, when I think of it, I try to remember to say this. I've never had this happen that I would tell somebody that if, you, if you'll make a commitment this week to share the gospel with somebody, just make a commitment that you'll do this, that God will give you the opportunity, that there, oh. God will open the door with somebody somewhere, that there'll be, you got to pray about it, you got to be serious, and you got to be looking for the opportunity, but God will give you that opportunity. So I'm hope, one of my hopes of us doing this today is that somebody will watch this and then say, you know, or listen to it and say, I'm going to pray that. Uh, Dr. Mark Talbert at New Orleans Seminary calls it the Monday morning prayer. God, give me the opportunity to share the gospel and give me the boldness to ask for a response. And, and you know, I, I think one of the things we need to teach them is this. 
in my day, I mean, it was, it was go out here and grab you by the collar, you know, and yeah. oh, you gotta get right. You. We shared that we're all different. We have different personalities and you yeah. share the gospel, you know, just by inviting a friend over for lunch one day and yeah. just having, having the blessing. Yeah. Whatever. Start with what, start wherever you are. Yeah. Start yeah. building on that. And yeah. Pick out this person here, and Lord, this is the one I'm going, and step by step, and the, absolutely because the Lord's the one who does the saving anyway. That's you right. Just do the sharing. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. I appreciate you inviting me to be. Hey, here. thank you for being a part of this. Appreciate you. It's amen time. It's amen time. <laughs>